People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 531. I'm Andrew. I'm Maura. And I'm Pamela. But you know, it is mid-August. And to me, summer's just getting started. Because in Chicago, summer started about mid-June. So we're only about two months into summer. Unless you go to the Disney parks or you follow Starbucks or Dunkin', did you see everybody's already getting ready for Halloween and fall and pumpkin spice latte season? Laura, did you hear the news? What news? I'm waiting with bated breath. The PSL is back August 27th. Uh, that's too early. Too early. Earliest date yet. I've made this proclamation every year on the show, and I'll make it again this year. I will not have this drink if it is not under 70 degrees. Must be under 70 degrees in order for me to drink this, because it still feels like July here. So... Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't with the hot, sweet drinks yet. I can't with the hot yet. (laughs) Please, no. And then Duncan (laughs) is apparently starting all their pumpkin stuff August 21st, which is this Wednesday. So, yeah, it's all very early. I don't don't get it who would be in the mood for that this early. I like hot drinks during the summer, but I don't want pumpkin in mid-August. Pam, are you a big PSL pumpkin fall type of person? I... I think I might have talked about this before. I am, but I I do kind of feel like Starbucks has upped the pumpage for the syrup. Last time I just had a straight uh, PSL, it was way too sweet. So my favorite way to enjoy the flavor of the season is just to ask them to put a pump or two in a cold brew. And it's a nice little hint of um, PSL without being overly sweet. Yeah, I will say they are too sweet. When I get them, I always ask for half the pumps. Because <laughs> you people it, it's and your like customized too much. and I got a grande too and I was like, "Damn, this is a lot." I really I really can't with people who customize their drinks that much. Uh, can I That's have two less pumps, please? saying half the syrup. Ooh. That's the only one. A little obnoxious to me, in my opinion. You know what? Yeah. All right, Mr. Look, I drive a Tesla. <laughs> I will say, as somebody who used to work in coffee, somebody's saying, oh, can you put half the pumps in there? That's not going to bother me. But what will bother me is if you say, can you put like one and a quarter pumps? Ooh. Yeah, that is that's, weird. That's too extra. People have done that before. There was a lady that used to come in all the time at this place I worked, and she would ask for her drink to be three quarters decaf. I was like, no, oh, you're, I'm what? not doing that for you. There's no way. You're just getting all decaf because you're not going to feel it anyway. <laughs> what is the most sugar you've ever seen somebody put into a drink? Because I've been at Starbucks where people just take a fistful of Splendas, rip them all open and just dump in an obscene mm-hmm. amount of sugar. Have you seen something like that working at a coffee shop? Um. Yeah. So I think the the thing that really kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit is when people like they think they're cheating the system, right? And so they ask for two shots over ice in a large cup. Okay, that's fine. And then they just go over and they use the half and half for the rest of the latte, and that that would technically technically be called a breve latte. 
Um, so we do make those, but it, sh- it just feels like so much to me. Yeah. To put that much half and half into like a 16 ounce drink that was like the largest we were serving. And so you're really only getting, if it's a double shot, two ounces of espresso and then 14 ounces of half and half creamer, 14 oh. ounces of creamer. <laughs> That's not even considering like if the person sweetened it or not. It's like, it's so much. I always crack up when somebody's iced coffee is just white from all the cream. Yeah. I'm like, just have an iced milk if you, if that's right, how you like your right. drinks. Yeah. No, chocolate milk. Chocolate just milk. Yeah. Have chocolate milk. Yeah. When, when you can't taste the coffee in the coffee drink, it's no longer coffee. Well, ever since hearing that PSLs are on their way back, I just think of that song we played last year or two <laughs> years ago. PSL. PSL. That, yeah. that, that, PSL. <laughs> Laura, I see here you invented a new cocktail. Yeah. So last night, um, Mark was gaming and I was finishing up Jane the Virgin, which, oh my God, all the feels. But anyway, I decided I wanted to have a nice drink. And I'm serving my kitchen and seeing that I have a few different items, but they're all pretty low. <laughs> they're running pretty low. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to find a way to like mix this up and make it good. So I did... Peach whiskey, okay. orange liqueur, lemonade, and apple LaCroix. Huh. And it was so good. It literally tasted tropical, like Smarties. I was very proud of myself. I brought it into Mark and I was like, you have to try this right now. And he did. And he was like, make me one of those. So what are we calling this drink? What's the name of it? I don't know. I thought maybe the listeners could help us figure out a name for it. I like that idea. Oh, that yeah. is a good idea. So y'all email us, post in the group, post on Patreon, in the Discord, wherever you see fit, and let me know what I should call this like wonderful tropical Smarties drink that came into my life. I would call it the Laura or the Rage. The Rage. <laughs> it doesn't taste ragey. But you do have a Rage of the Week. I do. This is Atlanta Traffic Edition. So on Friday... Right? I'm on my way home. And not once, but twice, I encountered the same situation in Atlanta traffic from people who decide they're going to block the entire flow of traffic so that they can wait for curb parking instead Mm. of, you know, driving around and finding something that isn't going to inconvenience a dozen other people like an adult. There was this lady, I swear to God. She stopped right in front of me to wait for this couple to pull out of their curbside spot so that she didn't have to look hard for a spot on Friday afternoon downtown. And I'm sitting behind her and the flow of traffic on the other side is way too much. So I can't get around her. So I'm just waiting. And finally, I decide, you know, I'm going to start inching out so I can like try to make a jump when the opportunity presents itself couple in the parking spot starts pulling out not paying attention almost hits me I have to stop suddenly and now I'm stuck with my nose sticking out into traffic on the other side oh I hate when that happens yeah and now traffic has picked up again and I can't get through so now me and the person in the spot are stuck and the woman in front of me won't move She wouldn't fucking move. There was 10 of us lined up behind her. Everyone's honking at her. Like, lady, I'm sorry, but you got to go around. Yeah. It's rush hour. You're holding shit up. (laughs) 
And she doesn't. So finally, I like get around her and I made some like weird facial expressions and gesticulated wildly at her as I went by. And then I pull out into another road where I encounter the same fucking situation, like literally the same thing. <laughs> and I, I died on the inside. Yeah. I was just died. like, I was like, we don't we don't live in a society. Rip me. The system yeah. is fucked. Like, just give up. So were they yeah. all trying to parallel park? Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm at a point with my road rage where I don't even hold it in anymore. I just let it all out. There was a point last week where me and somebody else both approached a stop sign, but we were on opposite or he was um, perpendicular to me. So one of us had to go, but we both couldn't go at the same time. <laughs> I, I, in hindsight, I've been trying to think if I was in the wrong or if he was in the wrong, but we both approached a stop sign. I think I approached it first, meaning I go first. So I start going. But then he goes and he's not stopping. So I break. But then his girl in the passenger seat stares at me and I start staring back at them to tell them the fuck off. She gives me the finger. So I reply back with the finger. <laughs> and then I felt like shit. And then I was like, well, wait, did I deserve that or did they deserve that? Right. She was probably Andrew's- like stupid Tesla driver thinks he right. knows everything. This asshole. Like, Am I the asshole or? Yeah. Well, does that ever happen to you too? You're just kind of like in autopilot, so to speak, and you're not really paying too close attention. Do you always make a hard stop at stop signs or do you kind of roll through? I, it depends. I try to because I, I don't know. I just live in a really residential area now and the cops are really bored and they have nothing better to do and it's better yeah. just to be safe and sorry. It's not that hard, you know? Well,. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of effort to go come to a complete stop and then. It's mostly start also again. just because like um, there's a lot of bikers and and kids. There's a lot of yeah. pedestrian traffic, and I'm just really worried that you know I I might hit somebody that is, and I know that that's a them problem because they should also be abiding by traffic laws. But right. Oh my god, know. bikers around here they blow through stop signs. I saw one get beeped at yesterday because they blew right through and i figure they have to they're supposed to obey the laws but they got some yeah, ego on them to. i almost hit somebody on one of those fucking scooters the other day and i was so upset don't curse scooters i like those scooters no but they're awful too like they really <laughs> shouldn't no they've actually atlanta's recently banned riding them after 9 p.m Oh, that's a good idea. That's it's like really between smart. between like nine p.m. and four a.m. or something like weird like that because we had a scooter rider get hit by a Marta bus not long ago, um, and died. So and then you don't have to worry about you worry about fewer drunk people on those scooters. And mm-hmm. Uber drivers probably like that too because then they get more business if people aren't relying on those scooters. I like that. And also, I think a lot of those, especially in the summertime, bigger cities like. You know, Atlanta or even San Francisco, uh, I'm sure a lot of those people are tourists. I'm sorry, but if you don't know what you're doing or where you're going, it's probably not a smart move No, to rent scooters, to rent bicycles. Changing topics, how big of a Star Wars fan are both of you on a scale of one to ten, let's say? From one to ten, I am casual. So like four, five. I'm going to say an eight. Oh, I I wouldn't have guessed like that. Like a seven or an eight. Okay. Yeah. I'm like a four, too. 
my brother works at Walt Disney World. He works at the Star Tours attraction. So if you see somebody who looks like me at Star Tours at Hollywood Studios, that's my brother. He, like every cast member there, got to attend cast previews of Galaxy's Edge. And as luck would have it, I was in Orlando for Podcast Movement, a podcast conference that I mentioned last week, at the same time as the cast previews. So I went with Ryan. And it was cool, but... I, I am a very casual Star Wars fan. I'm not hardcore. I like the movies. I'm looking forward to episode nine later this year. But I don't know. The land really didn't do it for me. And it opens at Disneyland or sorry, Disney World at the end of this month. It's been open at Disneyland for a while now. A good two months, I think. And crowds haven't been as big as Disney was anticipating. So that's been a little embarrassing for them. But there's just one ride that's opening. Another ride is opening later this year at both parks slash early next year and you step into the millennium falcon and you which i've been accidentally calling millennial falcon by the way for the past couple <laughs> weeks <laughs> but you step into the cockpit and it's super cool because you get to there's two people who fly it there's two people who control the guns and then there's two more people who just like press some buttons in the back i flew it one time, I pressed buttons in the back the second time. It's neat, but it's also just like, this isn't a very revolutionary ride that's going to change the theme park space, kind of like Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure did, or really any of those Harry Potter rides. So, I'm, I don't know. I just felt meh on it. They have a really cool bar. That one was a lot of fun. They have a store where you can build your own lightsaber. But to me, I was just thinking, like, am I building my own dildo or vibrator here? Because you look through these glass cases like you're at an Apple store and you pick out your handlebar. All these handlebars look like dildos. Like, hmm. Well, it's because they know that you put that lightsaber up your ass a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good reference. One, right? Yeah, I totally forgot about oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I Connecting the threads. Out. Yeah. <laughs> No, I should have I should have bought a new one and then stuck that down my butt crack. I would have <laughs> put it together, shoved it down my butt crack, and walked right out. Then been banned from Walt Disney World for life. So did they let you guys do that um lightsaber experience for free with the cast previews, or did you have to shell out the we money? We didn't do it. We didn't do it. Okay. They also have a droid shop, which which is super cool. You get to build your own droid, and it's kind of like a sushi bar where these parts are just on a conveyor belt. And you just pull them off the conveyor belt and assemble your own droid. And they have these droid backpacks that you carry your droid in and this flap comes down. So the droid's, he droid's head is sticking out. It was super cute. I almost wanted to do that. But, you know, they're all trying to create, they're trying to recreate the whole wand experience at Wizarding World. So that's been a big hit. Anyway, so if you're a big fan of Star Wars, I think you'll like Galaxy's Edge. I would probably be disappointed if I spent a lot of money and only got to ride one ride. So you probably want to wait until this other ride opens up later this year slash early next, depending on which park you're going to. So uh, moving on a little bit, when we recorded last week's episode, we had a really fun recommendations type format, which meant that we didn't get to talk a lot of news. And shortly before we started recording that episode, we all got the push notification that Jeffrey Epstein had succeeded in his latest suicide attempt. And I wanted to check in with y'all and see what, what we're thinking, what we're feeling about this, because this has been a really interesting couple of weeks as we've learned more about that 
but also learn more about what we don't know about that. One reason this has been shocking is because he did try to take his own life, and then he was put on suicide watch, and then whatever he said to to the people who are monitoring him, they decided to take him off suicide watch, and then he goes and hangs himself a few days later. And there had been a report stating that he had tried to take his life the first time. So for all of us outside of the prison to hear that he actually did get away with it, it's insane. So for that reason, there have been a lot of conspiracy theories. And Laura, you actually, I think you were kind of into them, weren't you? I am more curious about what allowed this to happen. I think conspiracy theories are interesting and I do like reading up on them. But at the end of the day, I'm like thinking this more likely than not boils down to gross incompetence, which makes me have a lot of questions about our prison system and and the way that we run things. How could we decide within a period of two weeks that someone who was on suicide watch no longer needed that, especially such a high profile criminal and somebody who was still awaiting trial? And the pr- the prison was understaffed it also came out that he wasn't being watched at the time of his death which obviously mm-hmm. is not surprising and it, it it's just shed a light like you're saying on issues within the prison system but one of the most interesting or most frustrating parts of this whole situation is that the right in particular Donald Trump included is spreading theories that the Clintons killed Epstein. It was surreal seeing Donald Trump retweet a fringe theory that the Clintons were responsible for his death. One president was accusing a former president of killing somebody. And this whole the Clintons kill their enemies thing has been a theory (laughs) on the right for a long time. Oh, yeah. But for the president to the president donald trump to retweet that was unreal yeah definitely and you know what i would say to this whole debacle is if you don't like conspiracy theories don't give people reasons to make them or at least don't make them so readily available (laughs) because you have somebody who is awaiting trial he has dirt on some of our richest and most influential men in this country, that's enough to make a conspiracy theorist go wild hearing that he was conveniently left to his own devices like two weeks after being put on suicide watch. Do I think it was probably incompetence? Yeah. I think somebody made a big fuck up. But at the end of the day, the reason doesn't matter. The result is that we had a really important uh, witness here to a lot of crimes that were committed against children. And now we don't have that anymore because somebody fucked up. One of those people Epstein had a lot of information on? Donald Trump. That's the other part. Why is the finger being pointed at the Clintons? Trump could have been responsible for it too. If you can accuse Clinton, you should be wacko enough to accuse Trump. And by the way, of course, uh, my brother-in-law is eating up all these theories. So that was great to see on Facebook. So, I mean, (laughs) he does know that the Clintons don't 
like hold office, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, but okay. as a great tweet I saw once said, Donald Trump will never forgive Hillary for losing the 2016 election. That is true. <laughs> Well, before we move on, we just wanted to give a shout out to our newest patrons, Jamie, Stephanie, Morgan, Becky, Paula, Katie, Nwando, and disclaimer here, I apologize if I mispronounced your name. I looked it up and I tried to get it, but if I did it wrong, please email us at millennialshow at gmail.com and let me know. Um, And apologies in advance if I did butcher that. Also, Taylor, Aubrey, Ryan, and Gabby. We really appreciate all of your support, and we're so excited to have you join us over on Patreon. Yeah, Patreon keeps this show funded in numerous ways. We're able to ramp up our social media presence. We're able to make this a priority ourselves. We're able to hire a graphic designer for work. And in exchange, you get behind-the-scenes looks at the show, including our live streams, including our planning docs. You also get Mega Millennial and After Dark. I've also posted a bunch of pictures there in the past week, including photos of this dildo shop at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> so please check that out. I've also posted other pictures of Galaxy's Edge, including my brother getting drunk in the Galaxy's Edge bar and the droid shop. Actually, I took a bunch of pictures that are and, and the droid bag that you carry your droid around. And basically everything I just spoke about is <laughs> is on Patreon. If you want to check it out, we really appreciate your support. So thank you. Time now for a word from our first sponsor. We all run into those occasions where we need to do some furniture shopping. And I want to remind you about one you may not have heard about before. That's Joybird. They empower you to create the furniture and space that brings you joy and keeps those summer vibes flowing all year long, even if some other companies are trying to promote pumpkin-y things in mid-August. With Joybird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture made to your unique taste. You get to turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options. From mid-century modern, which is one of my favorites, to contemporary classics, all of the furniture is customizable in an amazing array of fabric choices, from rich, buttery leather and plush velvets to every color imaginable. I've actually been in the market for some new living room furniture because the couch, my couch, it uh, leaves something to be desired. It's just not as cozy as I'd like it to be. The couch is a centerpiece of your home, especially if you're a TV binger like I am. You should really give Joybird a try because they offer free personal design consultants to help nail down your perfect design. I love this because when I go furniture shopping, even online or in store, whichever, I'm second guessing everything. And I do that because I know I'm not an expert. So I'm wondering if the choices I'm making are good ones. But Joybird offers me some serious anxiety relief and I love it. In addition, this is how you know they believe in their product. They'll take something back if you don't like it. Sit on it, sleep on it, break it in. If you don't love your Joybird, return it. Returns are free within two weeks of delivery. Joybird is just the total package when it comes to online furniture shopping. They've nailed down everything a shopper could want. See how Joybird can help you design your dream space. Make furniture your own at joybird.com slash millennial 25. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash millennial 25. If you go to joybird.com slash millennial 25, you will receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using that code millennial 25. Thank you, Joybird, bringing some joy to the furniture shopping experience. Time now for some emails. Laura, do you want to read that first one? 
Yeah, the first one comes from Nikki, and it's in regards to our discussion about the YouTubers who made the reborn doll out of their child. (laughs) Nikki says, hi, guys, just listened to last week's show. And as a, quote, weirdo YouTube viewer that is part of the reborn community, I thought you might like a different perspective on these dolls. People collect dolls just like they collect coins or Pokemon cards or anything else. Some people collect them as therapy dolls to help with anxiety, dementia, or the loss of a baby, among other things. But the vast majority of people collect them as art pieces. The dolls came as blank vinyl kits that are made from a sculpt or a 3D scan of a real child. And artists paint dozens of layers of paint and individually insert hairs in order to try and create the most realistic looking doll possible. I enjoy this as a... I enjoy this as an artistic hobby, and it can actually be quite lucrative if you get any good at it. I'm not quite there yet. As with any group, there will be the weirdos, but from who and what I've seen, most people appreciate the dolls as art and find them comforting or enjoy reliving a bit of their childhood. I hadn't actually heard about the Jace doll until you talked about it on the podcast. You may be interested to know that $340 is on the cheaper end for a completed reborn doll. I would be surprised if they're making much money off of it. Huh. Well, there's some insight we never expected to receive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Nikki. By the way, you are not a weirdo YouTube viewer. Did one of us call YouTube viewers weirdos at some point last? I would hope not because I watch... You know, I watch some YouTube and I don't think that that's weird. So we'll have to listen back and see which one of us. <laughs> I <laughs> Maybe still weirdo in the sense of like, if like a creeper were to also be a fan of this family, but then buy the doll for weird reasons. That's the only right. thing I can think of. I mean, I, I think it just goes to show at the end of the day, there's an interest for pretty much everything out there. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be weirdos in all of those communities. Right. Just like Nikki said, like there are people, there are weirdos who collect Pokemon cards, right? Yep. Um, so they exist everywhere. Um, but on the other side of the coin, there's always going to be somebody who thinks your hobby is weird. So we all just kind of have to, I think, give each other a little grace here. Yeah. I I still think buying the baby of a YouTube family is weird, personally. Yeah. Um, it's not, not for me, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't like it. <laughs> and that's probably where this weirdo YouTube viewer comment came from that she quoted. Mm-hmm. Because we said these people who buy the dolls are weird. I think we did say that. But this is Millennials Lesson of the Week. There are weirdos everywhere. We're all weirdos. That's yep. true. Some more than others. I'm weird. <laughs> we all. I think whatever you're obsessed with, people see as weird. That's just how it is. I'm weirded out by... Pam's obsession with Taylor Swift, for example. <laughs> I'm weirded out by Andrew's obsession with space dildos. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say One Springsteen. of those things is more understandable than the other. <laughs> Lover out this Friday. Pam, you excited for Lover? Super, super excited. Staying up till midnight? I know you get to bed early. Well, it, it'll be nine o'clock here, so this grandma Ooh. will be just fine. This grandma will be just <laughs> I actually fine. stay up pretty late, but usually it's just, you know, thoughts consuming my brain. But Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, one more email. We spoke about... I Last week I said, hey, does anybody know any good two-player games? And Laura suggested Magic the Gathering and... I thought that was just for weirdos, so I'm probably not going to buy that one. But wow, Amy wrote in. 
Amy wrote in. She said, hi, Millennial Squad. I really enjoyed your recommendations episode. First of all, thank you, Andrew, for recommending Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. I wasn't aware this was a thing. I downloaded it the other day. And aside from the tiny controls, I've been loving it. Amy, I'm glad that you appreciated that recommendation, especially because I could not breathe during that recommendation. So thank you for dealing with the fact that my nose was completely clogged up. I found it super embarrassing. Anyway, she also recommended some two-player games. She listed five. I'm going to just mention two. The first one she listed, and I'm reading this one because it's probably of interest to our audience, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. She says, this is my number one recommendation if you haven't already tried it. It's a cooperative deck building game, so you get to work together with the other players. There's also quite a bit of content included in the game. You start off playing with year one cards, and then after you beat that game, you mix in the cards for year two, and so on and so forth. Then the other one she listed that I wanted to read is Codenames Duet. She said, don't know if you're familiar with Codenames, but it's a really fun word-based game. The duet version is designed to be played with two people. You need four people in the original game. It's cooperative. It also It's also less involved than the others. I've recommended here if you're looking for something quick to play. Thank you so much for recommending this because Codenames is one of my favorite games. I probably have recommended it on the show in the past. I have seen this duet one, but I didn't think it meant only for two players i just assumed assumed it was one of these other spinoffs like they have a bunch of spinoffs i just thought it was another one so thank you i'm going to get both of these harry potter hogwarts battle and codenames duet really appreciate that and patrons if you want to check out the other games that she recommended just check out the planning doc all right time for some news speaking of music pam you're going to kick us off So let's talk about Spotify, which we are all users of on this show. A bunch of you also probably pay for the Spotify premium membership, which is about $10 a month if you live in the United States. But it looks like Spotify might be gearing up to test some price hikes for premium memberships in other countries. And if that goes well, we might all actually have to shell out a bit more money to stream our music via Spotify, which is no fun. So uh, it is... Uh, important to note that Spotify has not actually confirmed this, but the report comes from Bloomberg, which is pretty reputable. Um, They were first to report on the price hike test, which actually comes as Spotify starts renegotiating licensing deals with other major label partners. That's how musicians get paid, especially like the big time ones, which is why we're able to listen to people like Taylor Swift on Spotify. So the plan is for Spotify to test raising prices of its family plans first, and they're going to do that in the Scandinavian countries, which is where they're based as well. So people in this test will actually see a 13% increase in their family plan pricing, which would bring the total up from $15 to about $17. There's no word yet on how many users are going to be part of the test or when it's going to start because Spotify, again, has not actually confirmed this news. Uh, But it is important to note that originally when Spotify tested out price hikes a few years back as well, they also did it in the Scandinavian countries. So currently, Spotify actually has about 232 million users worldwide. And then of those 232 million, 108 million are paying subscribers. But the company actually averages a revenue per user of about $5.40, and that's it. And it actually could be higher. And the reason Spotify has actually seen a little bit of a dip in that number is because 
You have to factor in the fact that they've really been pushing these trial period offers to get people to come in. There's also discount subscriptions like for students and bundle packages now are really popular with companies like AT&T. And all of those are really great for bringing new people in. But it also means that, you know, everybody's getting a smaller slice of the pie when you look at how much money they're actually making by you know, all of these people that sign up to to pay for the premium version. So it is kind of interesting that this is something that they're thinking about doing, but it also makes sense in the grand scheme of things because, you know, especially these larger labels, they also want to get paid out. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that this was particularly interesting, especially because, you know, coming up in the next year or two, we're also going to be seeing the rise of new subscription platforms. Disney Plus (laughs) is just around the corner. And then there's HBO Max. Then there's our Patreon. Right, right. Well, I was going to try and like not mention that so that we wouldn't (laughs) see a loss in subscribers. Millennial Max, the new Patreon. (laughs) Right. It's going to be Patreon Max. Um, I was just kind of curious, though, like if, say, Spotify were to raise their prices, could either of you justify still paying? Or if not, how much would they have to raise their prices before you decided to to cut this out of your monthly bill? A, a price of hike of 15 to 17 doesn't bother me. I'm on a family plan with my parents and brother and Mark. Mm. And that's just when you break that down between all of us, that's just change. Um, that doesn't bother me. I also feel like I get way more out of the service than $17 worth. Exactly. So I feel like I'd be willing to pay maybe up to even up to like $40 a month for this. Wow. Oh, on a family plan. So, right. I mean, even if I had an individual plan, cause I use it a lot. Right. And I I think about some of my other monthly subscriptions that I don't use nearly as much, you know? Yeah. In fact, Spotify might be the one we all use, and Apple Music, if you are on Apple Music or YouTube Red or whatever. You probably use a music streamer more than Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go as high as $40 a month, though. For me personally, I would shell out $20 a month because I agree with you, Laura. I use it more than anything else. I I feel like I get the most out of it as well. And of course, I want to support the artists. I want to make sure they are getting paid. But any monthly subscription over $20 per month has to be a utility like internet, cable, (laughs) electricity. (laughs) The sweet spot, as we know with our own Patreon, is around $5 to $10. I understand why Spotify doesn't do that, but... I guess family plans are going to become bigger and bigger because mm-hmm. we're all going to want to split these expenses. I don't use right. any family plans right now. Pat and I talked about doing a family plan for Apple Music, but I hate Apple Music. So we might, I don't know, I'm going to have to split a family. Can I get on your family plan, Laura? No, we're out of spots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and Pat are just a household divided. I guess my thing is um, with Spotify... It is like the one constant that's sort of with me all day, right? Like, yeah, I'm in the car, I'm using Spotify. I'm in the office and I've got headphones on, I'm using Spotify. Um, even when I'm at home, I'll like, if I'm cleaning, I'll put Spotify on my TV and just have a mix. I have so many playlists. I love that you can download your music to playlists. So like if you're flying or on the metro, you don't have to worry about signal cutting out. 
I just find that it it's worth more to me, I think, than some of the other streaming services that I pay less for. If that makes sense. Yeah. And well- also, I don't know, I feel I feel a little bit of brand loyalty because when I was a student, I got their student discount. And this was a number of years where I was only paying 99 cents a month. And that was a really deep discount. Like other places, student discounts, you might get 10 or 15%. This was significant. And I just appreciated the gesture. Mm-hmm. That was what got me into the service in the first place was that it wasn't going to break my bank to have it. And then I got attached to it. So I didn't mind paying more for it when the time came. Pam, what would your limit be? I think like both of you, I justify it based on how much I use it. And Spotify 100% is like one of my most used apps on my phone. And for that reason... I think my answer was going to be anyway, but anywhere between like fifteen and and twenty dollars as well. But I would probably cut something else because it is, you know, it's a lot when you think about how much that costs yearly, mm-hmm. especially. But then, like, here's the thing: like, I, I think that brand loyalty, like Laura said, is is a really big thing, and also because all of my playlists are on Spotify too. Even though I pay for Amazon Prime that has music streaming <laughs> right but like who uses interface that as much <laughs> and i wish i did yeah my sister uses amazon music and i have openly judged her for it i'm like ew <laughs> ew oh yeah at, at the end of the day like my my complaints about spotify are so small in comparison to things that i don't like about other streaming platforms yeah right and i was gonna say about amazon is what's their interface like? Because I feel like I've tried it like once. I'm on it right now. It kind of the home the recommended page kind of looks like Spotify's homepage, I guess. Amazon for music, it just doesn't feel right. Well, and yeah, also knowing that um, Amazon tries to cut a lot of corners, so right. that's something else too. And it, I mean, I think. Pam is a big Taylor Swift fan. You'll remember when she pulled her music off the platform because she didn't feel like artists were being paid fairly. Yeah. Um, And I couldn't even begrudge her that even though she ruined all of my playlists. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, if Spotify wasn't, quote, paying people fairly, imagine what Amazon's doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Taylor must be happy with Amazon because she just started promoting them today on her story. I follow her. I know. With her Amazon Alexa ad? Yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. My, I think and also with Taylor, it's important to note that I believe she pulled her music off of every streaming platform. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, you know, Spotify is it, it is the number one streaming platform for music in the world, but they're still not really tapped into the market quite well when you think about how many people in the world listen to music. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's why they kind of, you know, roll out um, these tests very sporadically. And they really think about it because they're still kind of in that growing mindset where they know that they could have more people, which is why they have all of these deals where you can try before you buy or where they give you a discounted price for a few months so you could see how you like it and what you're missing out on. Yeah. And I am interested to see 
how that ends up playing out in the future because like it or not for the record uh, for the record executives the streaming is really like the way of the future so how is a family plan good for an artist because five people just split fifteen dollars and and now I, like they must make so much more money on the individual plans these family plans could they possibly last it doesn't seem to make sense to me hmm. i don't know i don't think so i have good news girls I've hmm. been adopted into a family plan. Who's? Jewel. Aww. What a sweetheart. That's so nice. Jewel is always there to pick up our slack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a great idea. I'm just going to bump up her monthly millennial checks. <laughs> there you go. To pay for my part of the family plan. Then I don't have to pay anything. Wink, wink. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. This is constantly evolving. So we'll see how far Spotify pushes the envelope. But once Spotify does that, you can bet Apple Music is going to do that too, because they would see more money and the artists would see more money. Speaking of money, (laughs) here's another (laughs) wallet suck. Yeah, a significantly more depressing topic, I think. We're going to talk about student loans. This isn't an uncommon topic on this show because obviously it's something impacting a lot of millennials. But a new study came out from my favorite place, Pew Research, and they presented some very sobering numbers about student loans. So I thought that we could talk about student loans, but make it an addition of the number. Sounds Sounds good good. and scary. It is scary. Um, So just as a reminder for anybody playing along with us at home, I'm going to read some statements with blanks in them, and Andrew and Pam are going to have to try and fill in the blanks with the right number. Number one, Americans owed about blank in student loans at the end of March 2019, more than blank times what they owed a decade earlier. That first number, is this a... A dollar amount. They yeah. owed Collectively, about... right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Three trillion. I was going to... I thought my guess was high. I was going to say one billion. Ten times what they owed a decade earlier. 10 times was also going to be my answer. Stop copying me. (laughs) Okay, so it's not quite as dire as what Andrew guessed, but it is much worse than what Pam guessed. Oh, geez. It's $1.5 trillion in student loans at the end of March 2019, which is more than two times what they owed a decade earlier. Of that, Laura owes $1 trillion. Yeah, it feels like it sometimes. I have a story about planning for this segment, actually, but I'm gonna sa- I'm gonna save it till the end. Moving on to the second one, about blank percent of U.S. adults under this age have student loan debt. I'm gonna say 45 percent and under 60. About 80 percent of U.S. adults under 35 have student loan debt. Okay, it's not quite that bad. It's 34% under 30. Oh, okay. Well, people are still going through school after 30, so. Right, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the next one, number three, looking at young adults with a bachelor's degree or more education, the share with outstanding student debt rises to this percentage. That one's got to be 50 or 40, somewhere around there. I'll say 50%. Y'all were really close. It's 49%. Yes. 
I mean, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, good guesser, bad fact. <laughs> All right. About this many in 10 high school seniors ages 18 to 24 took out loans for their education in the 2015 to 2016 school year. Eight in 10. Um, I'll say six and 10. Pam, that was right. Six and 10. Still kind of... Yay, but also ouch. <laughs> yeah. But this, it's pretty scary when you think about that six and 10. You're talking about 60% of 18-year-olds. And I think about being 18 and where my head was at that time. I remember signing my promissory note at age 18 when I started college And I didn't really understand what I was signing up for. And no one in the room where we were signing the documents really drove home the gravity of the situation. You're going to be paying off this money for the next 50 years of your life. Please sign on the dotted line. Basically, yeah. yeah. And the worst part is that it's encouraged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They're not telling you to buy a house at 18 or buy a a brand new car at 18. But they'll sure shit on you when you don't have that stuff at 30. Mm-hmm. Right. Millennials are killing the housing economy. Because student loans are killing the millennial economy. Millennials are, are <laughs> killing having babies because they're too expensive and we have to pay our student loans. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you're picking up on this theme because it is emerging through the rest of these numbers. Um, So moving on to the next one, the median borrower with outstanding student loan debt reported owing this much money, while another quarter of borrowers owed this much or more. 60,000 and 100,000. I'm going to say 50,000 while another quarter of borrowers owed 80,000 or more. So it's not that bad. It's still not great. Um, so the median borrower reported owing 17000 while another quarter of borrowers owed 43000 or more. But now we get to start getting into the really scary numbers. Blank percent of current borrowers had at least $100,000 in outstanding debt, which corresponds to what percent of the adult population? Laura, I left high school and college a while ago. I don't want to get back to math class. <laughs> Why say, do you I'm confuse me with these blanks? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, think about what percentage of current student loan borrowers had at least 100,000. Okay. Had at least 100,000. I'm among them. So mm-hmm. 6%, <laughs> which corresponds to... Uh, Three percent of the adult population. Fifteen percent, and I'll say twenty percent of the adult population. So Andrew was closest at seven percent of current borrowers, which corresponds to one percent of the adult population. One percent of the adult population is still a lot of people. Yeah. Um, when you think about the fact that Congress will squabble over like tenths of percentages when it comes to budget Mm -hmm. so that's quite a bit moving on to some scarier numbers of those with a postgraduate degree this percent reported owing one hundred thousand dollars or more so these are people who pursued education after their four years of college well this is you this is me Hmm. i'm in this i'm in this statistic 
How many Lauras are there? 30%. I'll say 20%. Andrew, you were closest. It's 23%. And the sad thing, right, is that some people get postgraduate degrees thinking that it will help them. And for many people, Mm -hmm. it will. But then for some, it won't. And then you just get into more debt. And it was all for nothing. It may have been just to delay the inevitable. Yes. So that's something that's a pretty common sentiment that I've heard expressed amongst my peers. And I sometimes feel it too, is that when the economy is bad and people are having a hard time finding jobs, it seems like academia encourages you, well, just go to grad school. Just go to grad school, get more qualified, and then hopefully by the time you come out, there will be a job waiting for you. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big gamble. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Such is life, though. Life mm-hmm. is one big risk. It is. That's why I just don't participate in life. I just play video <laughs> games. Keep my risks there. Well, looking at this next one, about this many in 10 college graduates with student loans say they're living comfortably. (laughs) If it's higher than three, I'm going to be really upset. (laughs) It's a funny one. Yeah, I'll say say four. All right, uh, Pam, you were right. It's three. (laughs) Oh, good. I wasn't even going to be upset. If I, I want to know wrong, who these three I would just people be upset are. Thinking that I was in the minority. Well, and I want to know how they define comfortable. What does that mean? Yeah. You're not I worrying mean, about bills. I feel or... like comfortable would be like I don't have to worry if I have to pay. It doesn't make me feel like I'm suffocating. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. and also like I'm living comfortably. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay X Y Z in order to survive. Right. So this comes to the experience that I had yesterday when I was planning this fucking segment. So I got it planned out right before I went to bed, which was probably a mistake. Uh, And then as soon as I was done with this, I went to sleep. I woke up this morning and I was talking to Mark and he had come to bed after me because he was up late gaming. And I remarked, I was like, wow, you, I, I didn't wake up when you came in last night. You were really quiet. And he gave me this look and he was like, oh, yes, you did. (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? And he proceeds to tell me how he came in. I started like mumbling to him. And he asked if I had set my alarm on my phone to make sure I didn't oversleep for work. I said, yeah, I did. But can you check it just to make sure? (laughs) So he does. And he's looking at it. He's like, yeah, it's there. And then apparently I was like, well, how much is it? And he was like, what do you mean? (laughs) I was like, how much is it? How much is left? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I started getting aggravated and frustrated and being like, my student loans, babe, how much is left? Oh, Oh, my God. And you don't remember this? (laughs) No. Oh, geez. No recollection of this. I was stunned when he told me this morning. I was like, (laughs) you're making this up. Oh, my God. But that just goes to show how it can really weigh on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There have been a number of nights where I'm, I think I'm tired and, you know, I turn off all the lights, I'm under the blankets, and then all of a sudden it just like hits me. It's just like, oh, yeah, like you're going to be paying student loans forever. Or what if like this bad thing happens and you can't pay your student loans? And then I just spiral into panic and it's the worst feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I think about like what I can't do. 
because I have to pay that. Right, exactly. Like it's a you can't even declare bankruptcy on your student loans. So it's like even if you got to the point financially where you were considering making the hardest financial choice you could, right? A, a choice that can result in you losing your house. If things are that dire where you have to think about making that choice, but the choice isn't even available to you, what the fuck? (laughs) It's really, really difficult. I think it's a really difficult mental hurdle, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's just like, fuck, I can't get ahead, you know? Right, right. And then I think like I kind of, well, for me, I feel kind of bad um, sometimes. Like the guilt seeps in because I think, well, at least... Like, I I could live with my mom or I could live with my grandparents. And some people don't even have that. Right. You know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I... It's it's hard. It's it's a slippery slope and it's a dark, dark mm -hmm. tunnel. You just start falling down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of, we have a couple more of these to get through. No! Um, no! <laughs> I know. Everybody's like, stop. It hurts. We're going to have nightmares <laughs> but this, tonight. <laughs> but this this was a really interesting point that I wanted to discuss with y'all. Um, so looking at the next one, this percentage of young adults without bachelor's degrees live in families earning less than $40,000 a year. So let's start with that. <laughs> Thank you. I was about to say, yeah. stop. Don't do the yeah. double thing again. Don't, don't do the double <laughs> thing. It's too much. I learned. <laughs> uh, that's why you were talking in your sleep last night, because you, you went delusional doing the double <laughs> the double questions. To answer questions. I can't help how Pew structured their data. <laughs> um, I'll say 35%. Oh, I'm going to say higher because this is going to just be sad. So I'll say 50%. Andrew, you were closest. It's 53%. Mm. Looking at the next one, this percentage of young college graduates live in families earning 75000 or more. Ooh, 15% have rich parents. Um, it, here's the funny thing is, is like 75000 is nothing anymore. How yeah, sad is so that? So, for example, that when it's saying family incomes, that's if you live with your family, that's if it's you and a spouse, and that's yeah. your combined income. So, like, both of you are just earning 40000 each, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say 25%. This one is 52%. Oh, wow. So, this was the point that I really wanted to talk about, right? Because it's like, based on this data... If I go to college, I have a 50 about a 50% chance of earning 75k or more versus not. If I don't go to college, I have the same fucking odds. Yeah. It's about 50/50 either way. So, you're telling people the only way that they can hit that benchmark of 75k a year even if it's a combined income is if I take the gamble and take out tens of thousands of dollars of debt that I'll never actually be able to pay back. Yeah. It's messed up. Yeah. It's it's setting us up for failure. And on top of all this, by the way, we might be heading towards a recession. 
Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's another scary thing when you when you're somebody who holds so much federal debt looking at a looming recession is pretty horrifying. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually, I read another report the other day that was saying that by 2023, it's estimated that 40% of student loan borrowers will default. Wow. Yeah. And that that's like bubble popping territory. Yeah. And we all re- remember what happened with the housing market, right? So mm-hmm. like we came of age during that and the prospect of it happening again as we're trying to enter our young adult lives a lot later than other generations did is it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. And it took so long for that to fix itself, you know? Mm -hmm. And in some cases it hasn't. My neighbor just sold her condo. She sold it for $8,000 less than she bought it for in 2005. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just a, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. And I won't make you guys guess on this last one because it's also a bummer. Um, but just to give you the statistics, 36% of bachelor's degree holders who currently have outstanding student loan debt say that the lifetime financial costs of their degree outweigh the benefits. I I would <laughs> agree with that. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah. Not for my bachelor's. My bachelor's, no. I don't regret that debt. My master's, 1,000%. I, you know, I just regret um, buying into the idea that I had to go to um, anything but a community college. Yeah, me too. I bought into that so hard and I wish I wouldn't have because I could have done the same thing and saved so much money. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's such a, I mean, the stigma is kind of going away now and I'm, I'm glad, but I'm also very, very bitter that it was like the dirty secret, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went to a community college for my first year in California because that was basically my only option. The plan that was presented to me was go to community college for a year here in California. Um, so cheap, especially back in 2008. And, Within a year, you'll have residency, and then you can go to Cal State. So, and then of course, I did drop out a year after going to Cal State. So I never really, never really had a lot of debt. But I was really glad I went to community college. I think it's one of my favorite school experiences. I loved the campus. I loved my teachers. One of my favorite teachers of all time was at that community college, and it was it was for. A very affordable sum. Well, and also just thinking about postgraduate work, it's so different because it used to be you didn't go for a master's degree unless somebody was paying for it for you. Mm-hmm. But because the market is so saturated with overqualified people, that doesn't happen anymore. So people are paying full boat to go get master's degrees that aren't translating to the kinds of salaries you would need to repay that debt. Mm-hmm. Um. I know for me it would it would be a huge help for me. I'm not even I'm not asking for full debt forgiveness because I understand I took out those loans and I was an adult. But forgive the fucking interest. Oh my god. Mm. If they stopped charging this ridiculous, I think mine's like 7% interest, I could actually make a dent in my principal balance. I've paid, I've been paying my loans for three years now. 
over that time, I've paid something like $16,000. Every cent of that amount has gone towards the interest. Not a, not a penny of it has gone towards my principal borrowed amount. Yeah. And that's what's crushing us. Yeah. It's, it's money really down the drain. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Oh. There's an emergency <laughs> alert. Oh, no. Are you okay? A pile of debt is falling yeah. down. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, well, yeah, that's how it feels every night when I go to sleep. Was I know, there just an earthquake? What happened? Close by, and it says hazardous air seek shelter. But oh. I um, don't know. Should you do that? Um, well, it's not in my town. Carry on. I'm just going to do some googling while you should. You is in like I think you should. <laughs> not not like please sacrifice yourself for the show. <laughs> 15 minutes from now. And I'm Pam. <gasps> well, we definitely want to hear from all of you at home. And I'd also be curious to hear what solutions you have in mind. What do you think would help you the most in terms of repaying your debt? Because if I'm speaking honestly, I don't think debt forgiveness is ever going to happen. Yeah. Think, like speaking pragmatically here, I think that eliminating interest would solve big chunk of the issue not all of it of course but i would love to hear y'all's thoughts before we move on we wanted to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors rothy's i've been wearing rothy's for over a year at this point and these are hands down my favorite flats for life in general rothy's makes stylish whoa my notes autocorrected that was weird rothy's makes stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles these flats are the full package combining style comfort and sustainability all in one rothy's come in a wide range of colors and patterns and they're available in four different silhouettes plus they're constantly launching new styles so you're guaranteed to find one or three pairs that you love It'll blow your mind that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles because they're the softest shoe you'll put on. And you can feel good about wearing them too because Rothy's has diverted 25 million water bottles from landfills. That's a lot of plastic waste that isn't going into our oceans. You'll quickly see why BuzzFeed calls these their forever shoes. Check out all these amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. Go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, sustainability, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. Go to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. Many of our patrons submitted recommendation topic ideas. And as we promised last episode, we will get to these in the weeks ahead, starting now. This is from Katie. She asks us to recommend a city to travel to in the U.S. for a week-long vacation. I'm from Kansas, so literally anywhere else. My recommendation, I have two. Depends on what you're looking for. So I've probably said on the show before, my two favorite cities in the country, and this is because they are so unique are San Francisco and New Orleans. I would recommend New Orleans, though, if you're looking for a really fun time. It is just so beautiful, steeped in history and culture. The French Quarter is absolutely incredible. If you want to get shitty, you can go to Bourbon Street, and it is one of the trashiest places in the country <laughs> for drinking. It smells. It, it, 
it looks beautiful, but it smells and there, there's you'll smell a lot of bad smells. So um, definitely New Orleans. If you're looking for something a little quieter, a little more quaint, I love Albuquerque, New Mexico and Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is just, I don't know, an hour north of Albuquerque. First of all, Breaking Bad was set there. So if you've seen that show and you like it, you should definitely go. They have tours of all the Breaking Bad hotspots. But also, again, just steeped in history, this beautiful uh, Santa Fe style in the architecture is just all over the place. And it's very spread out. There, are, There's uh, the Rio Grande River that you can uh, walk right along. There are some, there's a great zoo. Um, it's just, it's just a really great area. I love the Southwest. I love being surrounded by mountains. Great climate too, year round. And I'm obsessed with hot air balloons for some reason. I can't even tell you why. I've never actually seen, I've never actually gone to like a hot air balloon festival, but I know I really want to go to one. And Albuquerque has one of the biggest in the country. And I want to go to one, one of these upcoming falls because that would just take my breath away. Man, Andrew, that you just set the bar really high. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I feel like somewhere that you would probably like, Katie, that might not be too much of a lift for you to get to would be Austin. Um, I really, really like Austin, Texas. It's got great food. There's great music. There is also a lot of quirkiness about it. Like they have a bat bridge that literally has millions of bats that just live under it. And every night you can go down to the bridge and watch these millions of bats take off and fly along uh, along the horizon. It's really, really cool. Um, trying to think of another. You took New Orleans. So you can you can second it. One. It's OK. I Yeah, I would second New Orleans. We're actually thinking about doing a long weekend there this fall. So it's at the top of mind for me. Pam? Um, I would say Seattle is really great. The weather is really good. It's really green. And it's really easy to get to Vancouver if you want to venture up into Canada while you're there, if you're going to be spending a week in the area. Or drive down to Portland, because that's about two hours south. So you can kind of hit two um, locations in one if you head on over to the West Coast. Time now for WTF News. And Laura, you put one of these stories in here. Do you, so do you want to kick it off? Sure. I wanted to put this in here, Andrew. I thought it would be of particular interest to you. Really? Yeah, so this dairy farmer proposed to his girlfriend by sliding a diamond ring onto a cow's teat. Now, I will say this happened in Singapore. Not sure if that's practice in Wisconsin. I mean, this is disgusting. And was the woman supposed to go and milk the cow? And oh, wow, the cow wants to marry me. That's so exciting. Yeah, I don't know. And they did a whole photo shoot. This per- Obviously, this gentleman is a farmer. So uh, the dairy life <laughs> is is a big part of his life. So perhaps he was trying to share that with her. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know if that's a case of like, instead of saying I do, you say I moo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Pat can just drop your ring um, into a large glass of whole milk. <laughs> That's that's like better. a champagne glass. Yeah, and then hopefully you don't choke on it as you're drinking that down. Andrew asked Pat if he would ever propose to you this way. Right now, like, would you put a ring on a teat? 
Uh, I don't have the energy to ask him the question because I'm afraid to know the answer, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> also, cows smell. So that would just be a terrible place to get engaged. In the barn? Ugh. Another story. A trooper found a driver pulled over to the side of the road playing Pokemon Go on eight phones simultaneously. This happened in Washington State. He pulled over to help what he thought was a disabled vehicle, but he found this guy, and there's a picture of it in this Associated Press article. He's got eight phones on a passenger seat, and they're all they all have Pokemon Go open. It's a little disturbing, but Smith did ask the driver to put the phones in the back seat and move along because stopping on the shoulder is for emergencies only. So if you need to play Pokemon Go, make sure you have the phone in the back seat. Otherwise, apparently you're going to get in trouble. But what do we think this guy was doing playing Pokemon Go on eight phones simultaneously? He's trying to catch something rare. Is that how it works? You, you just Gotta get catch a lot them of all. Yeah. Well, I know that Even there are Pokemon that are phones. unique to regions or something. Maybe it was like... It looks like he may have been in a gym battle. I'm kind of zooming in on this photo now. They're all fighting the same phones? creature. phones? Yeah, so he has his eight phones to defeat the Pokemon at the gym. Wow. I mean, this is next level. Laura, you've been playing Wizards Unite. Have you thought of doing something like this? I don't think I could afford eight phones. (laughs) I got to pay those student loans, man. I'm going to the Wizards Unite event in Indianapolis in a couple weeks. I think I'm probably going to see stuff like this. Okay, so that was odd. Uh, Here's another weird story. This is also just (laughs) kind of sad. An airport worker was fired for giving a passenger a note that just read, you ugly. Why? This happened, (laughs) right? This happened in the Greater Rochester International Airport, and it was caught on video. The video shows the worker handing this guy the note after he passes through a metal detector. The guy didn't think much of it and continued toward his gate. He didn't open the note. But the airport security worker yelled as he walked away, are you going to open the note? This person really wanted him to open the note that insulted him. And the guy who received the note said that when he did, the woman burst out laughing. He later complained to her supervisors. The TSA said, oh, um, that's just a contract worker. We have zero tolerance for this type of behavior. I just don't understand what would compel you to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what would you do if somebody did this to you? I would feel like shit for the rest of the week. Right? I mean, (laughs) that's that's a terrible thing to do to somebody. Yeah, I would probably cry. (laughs) Yeah. Words matter. Like, I would would probably cry in the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would probably cry later when I was out of view. Yeah. But in the moment, I would get into a fight. You would fight them? Yeah, like verbally, of course. I wouldn't physically assault anyone. But... Well, you're uglier. No, you're uglier. <laughs> you're ugly times infinity. Oh, shit. Whipped out <laughs> yeah, the infinity. Yeah, and then I would have to whip out the yo mama jokes. And <laughs> it would just, it, w- it would devolve from there. Here's another sad story. But I'm sorry. I just have to chuckle a little bit because it's so, I feel like I would die of this. A man died after competing in a California taco eating contest. He died shortly after the autopsy is still underway to determine the cause of death. It was also not immediately known how many tacos the man had eaten or whether he had won the contest. I hope to God that he won the contest at least. (laughs) 
Yeah, I was about to say, how many tacos did he eat? This is the big question right now. Because I can throw down with some tacos. Well, now <laughs> apparently kind of we're learning that tacos right can kill you. Yeah. How, how many, like, how big are these tacos, though? Because I had tacos yesterday for lunch and I could barely finish two. So clearly I'm in the clear here. But, you know, in the early in, in the early days of any investigation, there are so many unknowns. And, and that's just another one of them. One witness said, quote, it was like he had never eaten before. He was just shoving the tacos down his mouth without chewing. But isn't that how competitive eating works, kind of? Like You got to chew, just... though. Yeah, but have you ever seen like a competitive hot dog eating contest? It's cr- It kind of does look like they're just shoveling food in their mouths. The man who died collapsed and hit his face on a table about seven minutes into the contest then fell to the ground. The eating contest ended immediately. <laughs> if I was in that contest and I was still hungry, I would probably still sit there eating tacos. <laughs> See, I was thinking I, I would participate in one of these, not to win, but just so that I could like leisurely like gorge myself. Right. <laughs> you know? But I wanted to know what would each of us like to die doing. So if there was an Associated Press headline about you dying, what would you like that reason to be? What did you die doing? Ooh. I have to die doing something. I just hope it's not anything stupid. Because <laughs> then your name's there forever. Yeah. Like, what if I just died, like, you know, helping grandma across the street or something? Not my grandma particularly, but like anybody's grandma. Then I feel like I could live with that. But if it was like yeah, woman dies because she drank too much coffee, I think I would be embarrassed from you know, the underworld. Would you just be happy in those final moments that you died doing what you love? <laughs> no, I would be freaking <laughs> out. Have you ever had, I'm sure all of us here have had too much coffee once in our lifetimes. Oh, yeah. It's an awful feeling. I hate feeling. that feeling. Yeah. I don't know. I was about to say being high, but then I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to be that high. You might be peaceful though. At least you yeah. might not notice, you know? I would want to die live on stage. Either as a podcaster or a rock star. <laughs> oh my god! So like, hey everybody! Oh, I, I. Like you just have a heart attack in the middle <laughs> of your entrance, or like the end of the show when we've been podcasting really hard. Hour two. <laughs> <laughs> then we can keep you around for a while and call an episode "Weekend at Andy's." Too much pumpkin juice, Laura. Too many PSLs. Oh, you're still holding me to this. Yeah, I want to know what you would die. We can wait till next week. Too much Green Day. Uh, yeah. Can I have? Can I get an extension? Yeah. Fine. Okay. All right. We'll we'll kick off next week's episode with my answer. Well, we still have plenty of show today too. So if you have other ideas, let us know. All right. Will do. We are about to get to Surprise Bitch, but first, one more sponsor today, ZipRecruiter. You probably hear ads for ZipRecruiter on a bunch of podcasts, and that's because they want to become synonymous with hiring. They want to go hand-in-hand with job searching and hiring, and they've done it, haven't they? Let's face it, hiring is challenging, but there's only one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. They deserve being the go-to place because unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. 
Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job. So you get quality candidates fast. It does the work for you. And as applications come in, ZipRecruiter will analyze each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That is super fast. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. If you love the show, show your support to it and ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial, M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. And now we're going to call one of our smart listeners. Surprise! Surprise! Surprise, Surprise, bitch! This is Caitlin, who we're calling. Hello? Caitlin, surprise, bitch, it's Millennial. How are you? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You didn't receive a text from us today. Woo! No, I have no idea. (laughs) How are you? What are you up to tonight? I'm drinking beer after work and house hunting. And house hunting. Wow. Dream night. Yeah. I want to come Yeah. What kind of beer are you drinking and where are you looking? Uh, just a Miller Lite because it was in the fridge, and America. we're looking um outside the perimeter of Atlanta in Duluth. Oh, so you Very live in nice. the Atlanta area? Have you run into Laura ever? I have not. I pretty much stick to outside of two eighty five because it's less traffic. Yeah, that's fair. See, this this is a pretty common issue here in the Atlanta metro area. So if you are ITP, otherwise known as inside the perimeter, you don't venture OTP, which is outside the perimeter and vice versa. OTP means one true pair, Laura, not (laughs) outside the perimeter. Not in the peach state. It doesn't. Oh, please. (laughs) Duluth is nice, though. Yeah, no, we're excited. We found one tonight that I think we're going to put an offer in and I am super stressed. Nice. So. <laughs> My, oh, well, okay. I, I'll be sending good vibes your way. Greatly appreciate that. This is perfect because I've actually been looking to give tips on the show for house hunting because I've learned a couple of things. First of all, oh, are nice. you getting a yeah. condo or a standalone home? A uh, standalone home. We really want a backyard for a future dog. Okay. So one of my tips is out. But here's my other tip. Oh. And <laughs> this was chronicled on the show. Run the shit out of the hot water. To make sure none of those pipes get clacking. Seriously, do it. If you hear it, say, oh, no, no, no. I'm done. I don't want this house unless unless these pipes get fixed. I'll be sure to remember that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how much time you've spent in Duluth before now, but uh, when you get your new place and you get settled, you guys should go for a celebration dinner to Breakers. It's one of the best Korean barbecue places I've ever been. I feel like I've heard it. We've been up here a couple of years, yeah. but haven't really done too much. Okay. Well, it's a little bit on the pricey side, but totally worth it. Okay. Got it. It's a good celebration so, place. Yeah. Go celebrate. Who is the <laughs> other half of this we? Oh, uh, my husband. How long have you two been married? 
we got married in April on our eight year anniversary. Wow, good oh, for you! Congrats. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it to one date because he can't still remember my birthday. So, <laughs> <laughs> like legit. <laughs> no, like really. He it's on the twenty eighth, and he keeps thinking it's the twenty third. Honestly, so. I haven't been. <laughs> in a relationship with pat as long but honestly i cannot tell you pat's birthday i know it's february <laughs> beginning of february i'm gonna say the ninth maybe tomorrow morning i'll wake yeah. up and think it was the eighth i can't remember Andrew, the specific day you gotta work oh. on that <laughs> i know it's pretty bad <laughs> but good I mean, for it's you it's not so bad because he he hard, has a hard time remembering his mom's own birthday so oh okay all right so there <laughs> But also, shout out for not rushing into marriage or anything. So many people these days, or maybe this has always been happening, but just rushing into marriage. And you two were like, you know what? We're not going to rush. We're just going to take our time. Yeah, and it really hasn't changed anything. We just had a really big, expensive party. Yeah. Right. And it shouldn't change anything. No. Yeah, because it could change things for the worse. (laughs) Right, exactly. No. You don't want that. It was fine. It went well. (laughs) <laughs> good, good. And you two have already been living together, I assume. Yes. Yeah, we've been living together. I think, I think it was two years or something okay. like that. So. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure you weren't about to move in together for the first time and run into any surprises. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. That would be just terrible. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Thank you for your support okay. over the years. I know you've been a longtime supporter, so thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I've been listening since early high school and muggle cast so fantastic that ages all of us <laughs> now look at look yep. at you now mary you got a house on the way yeah i'm successful <laughs> laura and i are going to come over we're going to load up the redfin app together since we're big fans of the okay. redfin app yeah i don't know about miller light right. though we might have to bring something a little classier i mean i drink whatever that's just what's in the fridge nice nice Yep. Right. Yeah, I guess we'll need like a core Citrus Rattler to class up the joint. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> don't jokes, know how I feel about that. Jokes on you, Laura. They don't make it anymore. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for your support and good luck. Thank you. Good Thank luck. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much. Yeah. Bye. bye. Time now to wrap up the show with some recommendations. I want to recommend, I maybe it's a little too early, but it's been on my mind this week, so I want to recommend it. Stitch Fix. Have you two heard of Stitch Fix? I've yep. tried Stitch Fix. Oh, did you like it? I did. I just um, canceled my account because I was trying to save money, and it does get a little bit pricey if you're buying a lot of pieces. But I yeah. did get a lot of stuff that I really liked. Um, definitely rate all of the pieces that you get. Because that'll just help. Even if they're bad, it'll just help your stylist um, give you things that you will like and want to buy. So it's a monthly subscription box, as Pam is describing. You get a few things. You answer some questions, and they they become better with your style. They understand better what type of clothes you like to wear. The reason I signed up for it is because I feel like I'm in a fashion rut. I just go to Target, and I see what shirts are new, and that's it. I don't have the patience to go to a bunch of clothing stores. I don't even know where to go. I really feel stuck here. So my brother had Stitch Fix last year. He loved it. He was looking more stylish than me. So I was like, well, I need to sign up for Stitch Fix. And I got my first box over the weekend. It was about 50-50 for me. I sent back half. I kept the other half. 
if you keep everything in the box, you get a 25% discount on everything. That's how they try to tempt you. But I wasn't about to keep a shirt that said cools on the pocket. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't like shirts with stupid words on them. So pass on this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, if you feel like you need to freshen up your wardrobe, if you feel like you might need like you are in a fashion rut, because that's just how I feel right now. I would definitely recommend giving Stitch Fix a try. And by the way, my new family member, Jewel, says she loves Stitch Fix. So good to know, Jewel. Yeah, I did one of these for a while. Not Stitch Fix. I did Dia. Okay. And um, I did it mostly because like you, Andrew, I was kind of feeling like I needed some more professional pieces specifically. And I don't even know where to begin with that stuff. I hate shopping if I don't know specifically what I'm looking for. Yeah. So it was good to do two to three months of this to kind of build up my wardrobe a little bit. But yeah. it does get very expensive. So it's not not yeah. something I would be able to sustain every month. Yeah. Forever. But yeah. doing a few months of it was, I thought, a good investment for sure. One thing Stitch Fix does is you can tell them how much money you want to spend. And when you rate the clothes, you can Mm -hmm. say, oh, that was more than I would have paid. So they can try to fit within your budget. Because Patches moved in, a little money freed up. So I was like, let me treat myself. So I'll I'll try it for a few months. Maybe I'll update everybody. If I start looking like shit or really stylish, let me know either way. Okay. Also, very quickly, I just wanted to say that they do carry plus sizes, which is great. I love an accessible brand. Um, my recommendation is probably the least classy of the ones we have today. Oh, I'm recommending God. the Turbo Snake. <laughs> you are so weird. You're our weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the reason for this is I, like many long hair possessors, shed a lot in the shower. And I feel like every month I have to like really clean out the drain and it's just gross and like a lot of hair gets in there. And so I was like, you know what? I've seen those Djibouti dubs videos where they make fun of all the infomercials. And I remember seeing the one for the turbo snake and it was hilarious, but I think I'm going to order one just to see how it works. (laughs) So I ordered one off Amazon, got it the next day and it fucking works. Yeah. Like, you literally just snake this thing down your drain, twist it around a couple times, and it pulls everything out. Yeah. And that's the problem with it. I have one of these as well, a ripoff turbo snake. But you pull it out, and everything from the past six months that's gone down your drain comes out on this snake, and you Mm -hmm. just want to vomit. How did you clean yours, or did you just, like, throw it out? I put on gloves and just (laughs) gave gave it a good wash well that's a good recommendation when i saw turbo snake i thought like is she about to recommend a game (laughs) i thought the same thing (laughs) nope not that good of a recommendation on my new singular wireless phone this laura because i just uh pulled a bunch of hair out of my drain and it was gross so right yeah Anyway, I have a book, so maybe this is the classy part that Laura's talking about. I'm not sure. Um, I wanted to recommend Circe by Madeline Miller. It's pretty, it's not like that old, but it did come out a year ago. So this is not like a new 
book, but it takes me a while to get to, um, you know, more popular publications. So I just found a copy at my local library and it's really good. Highly recommend if you're a fan of Greek mythology because it does um, tell Circe's story from her perspective, probably best known for being the witch that turns Odysseus's men into pigs in the Odyssey. But it definitely features a lot of like the key players in Greek mythology from Helios to uh, Prometheus to Zeus. And it was just a really enjoyable, riveting read. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. On millennialshow.com, you will find a contact form if you wish to get in touch with us. We also have a link to our confessional. One of our listeners tweeted me the other day. She said, hey, remember when you did that episode that was just nothing but confessions? Do that again. That was a good reminder. We should do that again. I think the last time we did it, it was framed around the fact that Trump was about to become president or something really bad was about to happen. And we <laughs> and said, we, we were going to die. Right. So we said, let's get everything off our chests. <laughs> so we can frame this one around, I don't know, earth ending. I mean, you guys did read that the largest glacier in the world has warm water under it now. Yes. Yeah. So that that could be an inspiration. <laughs> was that the same one, the, the the glacier that died? Oh, no, that was the ice cap that melted, right? That was another glacier yeah, yeah. that disappeared. Mm-hmm. That was also no, that's... like, that's the level of petty we should all aspire to be right now. So I appreciated <laughs> that story, even though it was sad. <laughs> I swear the New York Times sends out the Earth is ending push notifications and tweets only at night. They want us to not sleep at night. I'm like, guys, come on. Morning, please. Not right, a, right when I'm about to fall asleep. Anyway. Yeah. Probably not a good time to remind us that once that glacier melts, sea levels will go up like 25 feet. Right. Yay. We also have our social media channels. We would love if you followed us there. Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What's coming up in After Dark today? We're going to be doing an Ask Millennial edition. This is somewhat modeled after Ask Reddit, in which people ask really random questions to learn more about each other. So that's what we're going to do. What's your fuck this I'm out moment? The last thing you Googled is what killed you. What is it? Questions like that. I went through all these questions. I have answers. I'm really excited. We might have to split this into two because I think we're going to be talking about a lot of these Mm -hmm. for a long period of time. Well, we'll talk more about the format as we get into it. That'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial as part of the brand new Millennial Max. No, Mega Millennial. (laughs) That's the main show ad free with After Dark all in one MP3 file. So it's easy to listen to our juiciest content each week. We also have Hashing It Out. I had a rage of my own on Hashing It Out this week and laura and pam had some thoughts about that so that ended up being kind of a mini show in itself again Mm patreon.com slash millennial pledge today we really appreciate your support thank you that does it for this week's episode of millennial thanks everybody for listening i'm andrew i'm laura and i'm pamela goodbye everybody
Oh, man. I played the shit out of this album <laughs> when I was in like fourth, fifth grade. It was like every time we got in the car, I had to put it in. And my parents were like, oh, my God, Laura, not this again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good album. 